You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode, a special, a special episode, or maybe every episode here on NFT 365 uh, is special. But, you know, I think for me, we just have to jump into this right out of the gate. And I know for many of you that are listening to this podcast, because you've been amazing and you've been reaching out to me, a lot of you feel like, hey, like, I, you feel like you're jumping in late or you feel like, um, you know, you're just starting to get your feet wet or you're wondering if it's too late or you're, are you an early adopter? And, you know, I think the premise of this, you know, and I mentioned this in a past episode, you know, the fact that there's like a less than 4 million people currently that own an NFT, you are definitely not late to the game, but I want to respect that feeling. And I also want to respect the feeling of overwhelm and the feeling of, you know, like, what does this all mean? And so today's a special day because it was exactly six months ago today uh, that I kind of stepped in and said, all right, this is going to be more to me than just a collection or I'm going to, I'm going to really, I'm going to really test what I've been learning, test out kind of this entire methodology. And I will say uh, it's been a journey since, and I want to kind of take you guys through that journey a little bit, just to, so you can kind of feel kind of what I've felt and over the last six months. And if you're getting in today, if you haven't bought your first NFT, I'm gonna give you a little bit of like what I, some of the mistakes I made, some of the things that I, I think about, but more so than anything else, I just want to take you that through the journey, right? And you know the context, which you know I've shared throughout this you know podcast, is that you know I'm a I've always been an early adopter in technology uh, as far back as I, I had one of the original Blackberries that was an international Blackberry for my company. And I remember like my first trip to Korea that I, I, I arrived there and I remember like the Blackberry kept having all these alarms go off because there wasn't any people that actually take taken the international Blackberry actually internationally yet. Right. And so like, and that was circa 2006, I think 2007, 2006 probably. Um, and so for me, kind of being on the bleeding edge of technology is always where I've enjoyed and I've enjoyed pushing the envelope. But I will say what has been really different in this case is that not only is it being on the front edge, but there's also kind of this shift in like the financial responsibility, the financial um, aspects that are kind of involved, but it also kind of shifts some of the, uh, the risk and the reward in this space. And so for me, you know, I, I, you know, I remember it was around this time last year where I started, I started to go in to some of the NFT rooms on clubhouse. And I remember even doing what probably what most people are doing, right. Typing in like WTF are, are NFTs. And then when someone tells you it's a non fungible token, you're like, am I an idiot? They're like, what the hell is non fungible mean? And, and it's just a weird word. And you type it in, you're like, okay, I kind of guess sort of, I understand what a non fungible token is like, Maybe, but then you like the more you kind of open the door, you're like, oh, like you need cryptocurrency. And then they're like, they're talking about having an exchange and having a wallet. 
And I will tell you about when the conversation got to there a year ago, I was like, I'm not really interested in this space. No, thanks. Um, I don't really want to deal with crypto. And uh, I understand, you know, Bitcoin. And I, I understood, like, for me, the blockchain was always something that was important. But then you kind of fast forward, you know, I, I launched our ADHD coin here on Rally, which I know so many of you listeners are, I've jumped over to ADHDcoin.com uh, and I've checked out uh, your own uh, coin. And I just want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, of course, supports the show. It's also kind of how I'm being able to fund uh, buying an NFT every single day for a year, which is part of this project as well. Uh, and we got a good one today, by the way. We got a really good one. Uh, it's It's the Honey Collection and it's actually the... The creator of the one we minted today was actually launched her first uh, collection back in March of last year and is one of the, if not the first female uh, PFP collection that was ever launched into the NFT space. And it was a a smaller collection that was launched in March. And then today she dropped her first 10,000 piece collection and we included that in our our project. So I'll make sure there's a a link to that in the show notes. But the reason I say all that is because, you know, I had the coin in March and in March and April, I started to dabble more into crypto and into understanding this, this arena. And that's when I got my, my wallet, my first wallet. Um, you know, actually I had had a Coinbase wallet for some cryptocurrency stuff, but I got my first MetaMask wallet and I created my OpenSea account. I, I believe I created it actually on April fool's day, which I guess time will tell if who was the fool or not. Uh, cause I got it on April fool's day of last year. And then, you know, for me, part of it was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to what's going on, but it was still kind of, you know, I was doing a lot of virtual keynote presentations at the, uh, at the time. Uh, I do a lot of content creation for brands that, you know, they pay me to do some influencer work. So I was doing that. And I remember, you know, I, I kind of stumbled across what would become my first NFT, but it wasn't really my gateway into NFTs. And what it was, was it was actually a tweet. And I remember, you know, the tweet was about like, hey, we're going to use NFTs to send care packages to Afghanistan. And I remember being like, wow, I love that concept. Like, it's such a cool concept. And they were like, you know, you can just, you can uh, send the, you know, buy the, buy the NFT on the site. We're going to send a care package for every NFT that it was sold. And I remember I, I couldn't get my MetaMask to work, right? It was like the, the website wasn't working or whatever was happening. Uh, so I opened up my, my wallet, which was my Coinbase wallet. Uh, and I ended up being able to purchase the NFT using the Coinbase wallet. And I will tell you, that was, it made me feel good. I remember tweeting it out. And then I forgot about it for the next many months. Um, that NFT to be, uh, you know, for example. And so for me, like, yes, that was actually my first NFT, uh, which is kind of funny from a, a standpoint of like, like for me, it was more of like, oh, it was like a way to track donations. And I thought it was cool that like I could actually see where my money was going, um, that I was donating via this NFT for care packages uh, for those soldiers in Afghanistan. But, you know, over the next, you know, I would say month or so, you know, the end of the summer, July, I started to really get some traction with our coin and our coin. I started educating people on what the value was and the fact that there was utility underneath it. And that's really where I started really dialing into this idea of NFTs. And I was doing research, but I will tell you like the idea that I need to spend $300 plus like 80 or a hundred dollars on this thing called gas to me just signed a little bit like ridiculous. I was like, you know what? 
I'm not really going to play in this arena. Like, I, that just seems like a lot of money right now. And I, I, money for me, like there, I'm not one that's like investing in the stock market. Also, you know, investing that amount of money into something. Uh, and I wanted to learn more. And I remember spending, it was the last two weeks of July of last year. And I read everything I could have. I went into every Twitter account. I remember I started creating a Twitter list for all of those that had a bored ape in their profile photo. And at the time, bored apes weren't like popular, but I remember seeing them there. And when I would see a crypto punk, I'd be like, oh, that's someone I want to follow. And I started putting them into these Twitter lists. And it was actually six months ago today. Uh, my good buddy, Gary Henderson. So Gary who was on the podcast. Uh, he texted me. He's like, Fanzo, have you actually bought an NFT? Like that's like a PFP one yet? Um, I was like, no, he's like, come on a clubhouse room. I'm going to send you one. And so it was actually August 3rd. I'm going to pull it. I just pulled it up right now because everything is tracked on the blockchain uh, at 9.02 p.m. So August 3rd, 9.02 p.m. He sent me what would be turned into my very first PFP collection, which was called a blazed cat. So the blazed cat was the name of the project, uh, the blazed cats. Um, and he, you know, the one he sent me ended up being it had a pink body with like a black and yellow hat. Uh, and he's holding like a joint in one hand and a lighter in another hand. And I remember being like, oh, great. Now I'm just going to like broadcast to the world that I, you know, am a pothead or I smoke weed or, uh, and we were kind of laughing about that, like as like a, a narrative. And then I like kind of dove into the project a little bit. And I remember it was probably like an hour later that I was like, you know what? I'm going to transfer some of this, you know, crypto that I have in a different wallet over my MetaMask and make my very first purchase. And so it was that same night, uh, exactly six months ago that I made a purchase of another Blaze Cat and I, and I ended up buying a second one. And for me, like the, it wasn't about jumping into a Discord. I didn't really understand the community component of it. Uh, the Discords that I was in at that time, I didn't really like. I thought Discord was annoying uh, and overwhelming. And so most of you might, most of you might know what that feeling is like. And for me, that was like, okay, I got this NFT. I made it my profile photo. And I was like, this is cool. I was like, this is, hey, I'm, I'm in this space. And then I had a couple of people ask me like, Brian, what, why do you have that as your profile photo? And, you know, some people would, you know, and I would be like, oh, you know, it's an NFT. And they're like, well, but what does it do for you? Like, why do you have it? And just for context, you know, back then uh, it was 0.035 is what the, uh, the NFT was purchased for. I believe it minted at like 0.01, uh, which was like way cheaper than most NFTs today. So even back then to me, like the barrier to entry was interesting. And they were like, you know, I would get the question like, Brian, like you paid that much for a JPEG or they would be like, well, what are you getting holding it? Like, what are you, what's the value? And I was like, well, you know, they have 10,000 of them and, and they're, uh, you know, it's a really neat collection of all these different ones. And there are people that are like, like-minded and, and, uh, they're donating to mental health, right? Like that was the thing, um, that I you know, remember, you know, that, that was a big piece of it. Right. And I will say a hundred percent of the profits went to mental health America. And so although the project never really took off and I would argue, which is still kind of surprising because it has some really cool tech um, underneath of it that I can actually change the metadata on this NFT um, dynamically. And so I can add things on there without even having to do any Photoshop or anything. Uh, and there's also some other aspects of this project that I think are really, um, you know, cool. And I think the, the, the people that actually launched this original project, um, they actually... No, are no longer around in the space. It ended up getting, uh, you know, bought up by another project. But the fact that you know there was this concept of of 100% donations of mental health, which of course, as someone that has ADHD and dyslexia, you know, uh, is something that's really close to my heart. I'm also a massive you know mental health advocate. 
And, the, you know, I also like the, the project ended up being bought on by, you know, someone that was after this. And so, you know, I ended up buying that second NFT and then I was like, okay, I got this NFT. But then I was kind of like, when I start, kept getting questions from people about it, I, I didn't feel like I could actually defend the reason that I spent money on this. And I remember like removing it from my, um, my profile photo, almost like a little bit of shame. Cause I was like, you know what? I don't really know enough about this space and I can't even like really defend why I, I like the project. Like I can't even really, I like, wrap, wrap my head around it. And then the project said, Hey, we're going to airdrop you, um, which would end up being called the OX heads. And for every blaze cat that you own uh, up to this date, you're going to get an airdrop. And that was my very first airdrop. And I remember that being like, oh, okay. And that was what actually got me into the Discord. And I started playing around the Discord. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I need a third because I want three of these ox heads. But funny enough, I didn't even know what the airdrop meant. And I didn't even really know, like, well, is this going to be something that's a second NFT? Like, well, how does this all work? And I know for many that are, I share that because a lot of these concepts we talk about as if they're like, oh, that's the reason you want to buy this or that's the value add. But if you've never experienced the, the concept, you don't really even understand it other than the fact that we're telling you it's important. And so I say that because I was right there with you. And I remember being excited because I was like, I'm going to get three more NFTs for the three that I own because these are the only three I own at the time. And then that day, like, as I was kind of like searching around it, I actually found uh, another NFT project and, I, and they said it's a free mint. And it was called the Glitch Project Project. And I was like, oh, sweet. It's a free NFT project? Like, I mean, I, I would love to have a, you know, a free NFT project. I think that's a great idea. So I remember I went on the website and I had to charge me gas. And I remember I had like, just enough money in my wallet for gas. And so I bought this NFT and uh, the art revealed. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I remember going in OpenSea and playing around. And then that same day, uh, or around that same day, uh, the ox heads dropped, right? Which is this free airdrop. And so all of a sudden I went from like gifted, I, I bought a charity NFT. I was gifted my first NFT. I bought my first NFT. I bought a third of that collection. And now I have a free one. And all of a sudden now I'm going to get three more NFTs in my collection. And I remember going to that website. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get my airdrop. And I clicked on the, the, the you know, connect my wallet. And, I, and it's like, you are qualified for three of these uh, NFTs. I was like, sweet. And I went to hit the button and it's like, you have to pay gas for those three NFTs. And I believe the gas was like $140 per NFT at the time. And I was like, well, wait a second. This isn't really free. I just got a free NFT that was my glitch NFT. But really, because I have three Blaze Cats NFTs, I have to pay gas. So really this NFT is a $100 or $100 more or plus. And the reason I say that is because it's, it was also kind of like an interesting journey for me because I, I started to better understand some of the nuances in the space. And until you do, until you experience it, you are kind of out here, you know, in your own. And I will say, you know, during this time, I started to reach out to people that had NFT collections and say, you know, hey, are you in a Discord? Or hey, where can we chat about NFTs? Because I understood as an early adopter how important it was to have people around you that were also into this NFT space. And so that was kind of like my first, you know, like kind of, I would say, jump into uh, NFTs. The month of August was pretty wild for me, right? Because my coins started to take off. I started to jump into more discords, started to track more mint projects. I didn't really buy any of them because I was like, I'm going to wait for like my project because I have to spend my money. And then I discovered this project that was called Crypto Dads. And I was like, well, I'm a dad and 
the art had like this really cool like kind of cartoonish back to like the Nintendo MTV days. And I remember, he, you know, like the day was, you know, it was going to roll out was September 10th. And I remember counting down to like the mint day. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this going to be an awesome project. And I believe at the time, like the mint price was like 0.08, I believe. And I had moved over some crypto and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll buy two of these of crypto dads. Cause I was like, you know, I'm now that I'm getting into this, I'm getting all excited. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I, and I say that because like, if you've, if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't bought your first NFT or haven't found like the first project that like quote unquote speaks to you, remember this conversation because you're going to have that. And it's like this excitement and there's this like, it's like, okay, now I'm going to open up a new door for like a new possibility. And I remember I waited to the countdown of the day for the project and my daughters were here and we were having some conversation around some things. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like, I got a mint. I got time for me to jump on and mint that NFT. And I jumped on the website and I was going through and I was like, okay, do I want to buy one or two? And I remember I like, I clicked on two and then I realized, wow, that's a, that's a lot of gas. So maybe I'll buy one and see how much gas it pays. And I, and I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, a, I'm just going to buy one. Clicked on that one, hit confirm. And I went to hit the, the buy price and the, ch- the price changed and it said it's be $12,900. And I was like, what? How did that all change? So I hit reject like as fast as I could. And I like jumped on the Twitter. I'm like, what's going on? And I jumped back to the website and it said sold out. <laughs> so the collection sold out and it sold out pretty quickly. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, well, now what do I do? And I remember going on Twitter and I was mad. I was like, you know what? Your, your gas fees made my transaction fail. And then I went to do it again and I couldn't do it. I was like, this sucks. Like I, I was excited for this project. And a couple of people were tweeting, well, it's like, you know, hey, you can still pick one up on the secondary market. And I was like, I don't even really know what that even means, like secondary market. Like, I, I, want, like the, I, I want the one on the website. Well, I remember going to that, the, the OpenSea there for Crypto Dads, and I was like, ooh, all the, all the art is actually here, right? Because like, up until then, I didn't really understand generative art, right? I really wasn't understanding that whole process. And like, you know, and so like a lot of things that I was tracking in August and, and times were a little bit different than right back then, right? Like, there was no whitelists. There was no pre-sale. There was no really like concept of, um, you know, waiting a week for the, the art to reveal a lot of the things we're seeing now. And so then I looked on the, on the website. And I'm like, oh, look at the different art. And then I found it. And I remember finding the looking at the NFT and was like, that is mine. It was a bald guy with a beard, but I saw really why it was mine. It was because he was wearing a purple Jersey with the yellow numbers two, four on it. And as most of you know, not only am I a proud girl dad, but I am, uh, my, my pride as being allowed about being a girl dad was really amplified thanks to Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant's like love for being a dad and, and his death his, his, you know, unfortunate death really hit rocked my world. And, and it was like one of those things where I was like, Oh my goodness, it's combining like all of my loves. Like this is technology. This is community with dads, but it's also allowed me like to like represent as a girl dad. And then when I looked at the price, I was like, Oh my goodness, it is 0.225 Ethereum. And I remember being like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can afford that. Like, I don't know if I want to spend that much money. Because at the time, Ethereum was about $3,200. 
And so the price of the NFT was about 590 bucks. And the nice part about it was the gas fee at the time, the gas was really low when I was looking at it. And so the gas ended up being only like $53 or so. So it ended up being like a $650 purchase. And for those that don't know me, um, I love spending money on travel and on my daughters uh, and not even really technology gear. Like I, I like having new gear, but I've been very blessed that I get a lot of my gear for free uh, you know, based on my influence. So like when I spend money, I like to take, I like to go out to eat. I like to travel. Um, and you know, I drive a 2011 Jeep Wrangler, right? I don't have uh, a luxury car. I'm not one that likes to buy a lot of clothing or, you know, I like to spend money on going to watch Steeler games or traveling to new cities or going on cruises. And so for me, this was a big purchase. And I was like, well, Brian, and this is me talking to Brian. Um, I was like, you know what? Um, you were going to buy two anyhow. And if this is the NFT that is going to be your forever NFT, which I will tell you, I remember saying those words to myself. I didn't even really know what that meant. And what people mean when they say like, this is going to be your forever PFP is like that profile photo speaks to you so much that it really doesn't matter what happens to the collection. It's, it's yours. And I remember like him talking myself into it and I ended up pulling the trigger and buying my crypto dad. The neat part about this story is I, I still own that original blaze cat. I still own my crypto dad. I've actually never uh, once thought about putting my crypto dad um, up for, so that it would be for sale. I have posted it um, with like a sale price before, but I posted it for like 9.3 ETH, right? Like 93 is my number. Um, anyone that goes to my wallet, you'll notice if something's listed at 9.3 ETH, that's like my way of saying, I love this project and I love this piece of art, but if you pay me 9.3 ETH, it can be yours and I'll find a way to reinvest in the project. Now, I don't love it so much that it's that I would pass up on 9.3 Ethereum, but for the most part, no one's going to buy it that, you know, that far over the price. And I remember that day and the next day jumping in their Discord and I spent, I probably sent six hours in the Crypto Dad Discord the next day, super excited about this NFT that I bought. And then I remember it was like the next day I had to give a virtual event and the following day I had, I had, a, um, I had to do this, you know, a project. And so then I, I came back like three days later and I realized there was all these like new people in there and there was these dad groups and there was different like a mental health conversation. There was dads that like sports and dads that play poker. And, and I really just started to connect with people that were in that, that group and community. And then, you know, I made it my profile photo on Twitter and all of a sudden I got all these new followers and, and people are amplifying things. And then, you know, someone was telling me at that around that same time was like, you know, have you sold an NFT yet? I was like, no. And they're like, well, send me your wallet. I'll, I'll let you, you know, I'll, let you look at, you know, I'll take a look at what you have. And I was like, Hey, you know, here's my wallet. And he was like, Oh, I love that like glitch one. Cause it's a pretty rare NFT. And I will tell you like, this is, and I'm saying this cause I, I like to keep things real at the time. I understood that the properties that were making up the NFT, that was my glitch NFT. I was like, Oh, there's only like 0.03% of people have this headband on this NFT. But I didn't realize like that people valued that, right? Even the rarity sites in September, August and September were really bad. They weren't really updated very often. I remember checking them out and it was kind of confusing. And I act like this is like years ago, right? This is only five months ago, four months ago, five months ago, I guess. And I remember going, oh, you know what? I probably could sell this NFT, this free NFT that I got. And I remember being like, you know, what do I, what am I going to put it up for a sale? Like, I don't even know how much I'm going to put it up for sale for. And I, I clicked on some buttons, clicked around on OpenSea, and then I started doing research. And I probably spent three hours that evening going through all the properties, seeing how people listed it, seeing which ones sold, checking the activity thread. 
and I realized that there was a headband. There was only one headband one listed, and it was listed for like 0.9 ETH. And then I had noticed that, that the day before, one had actually sold for 0.3 ETH, uh, one of the headband ones. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put mine up for sale for 0.48 Ethereum, which I was like, you know, if I get $1,500 off of this free NFT, like my mind is going to be blown. It wasn't even an hour later that NFT was bought. And that ended up being the first NFT I ever sold for a profit. And it sold for a pretty big profit, one of the bigger profits that you think about it, because I paid gas, which I think was $89, and I sold it for what I think ended up coming out to about $1,400. And it was a free mint. Well, all of a sudden now, I have 0.48 Ethereum in my wallet. And I was like, you know what? I got to buy some more projects. I need to jump into some more things. And I did, I think what all of us do is like, I FOMO'd into a project because someone in the Discord talked about it. I jumped into another project because I heard someone was, you know, thought, you know, told me that was a good project. And then I remember thinking like, well, I want to have like diversity in my wallet. I want to pick like different things. And I was like, you know what? I want to support an artist. So I remember looking on Twitter and someone posted about a project called the Secret Superlatives Society. And it was this really neat art that had a pink background, which, of course, I love because pink's one of my favorite colors. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump in and buy one of these because it's, it's more art. It's less like cartoon uh, and it's supporting an artist. And so I ended up buying that with like my profits of, my, of that sale from the glitch. Now, I will tell you, we fast forward all these months later. The other projects that I kind of FOMO'd into, um, a couple of them are still in my wallet. They're worth nothing. Uh, a couple of them, like the projects disappeared. But the, the cool part of that story is that, you know, that first one that I sold, I remember selling, selling it uh, a couple months later, a month later for over one ETH. And I was like, oh my goodness, I sold it too early. But then I realized, well, I got this secret superlative NFT that was like my art that I really loved. And I had tried like a couple of different versions of different NFT projects. I found like this Blockheads one, which was like kind of like an MTV throwback. Um, I remember this Bad Kid NFTs where that was like the first project that I bought uh, more than one of, which was like three or four of. But I say all that because I got the art one and I kind of felt like, you know what? I got like four NFTs that I really like. I got one that's my profile photo, which is my crypto dad. I really want to dive into these smart contracts and the, and the communities and the networks. And I would say for the next month, I was spending every waking minute. I didn't watch Netflix, I don't believe, which is, I'm, I'm, I love, I'm not a big fan of telling people not to binge watch TV or not. Like, I think you need to have a mental escape in this today's world. I think it's good to um, be able to like separate ourselves from these different worlds. And I think it's good that, you know, we need to, we need to explore different things. But, you know, I have this like collection now and I will say, the beauty of that and the beauty of that whole piece of it was it kind of opened my mind to this like whole world. And I was researching and I was checking things out. And then there's one other project that I really wanted to kind of bring light to is that, you know, I jumped into a Twitter space and because I was in that Twitter space, they gave out a po-op and that po-op was a Time Magazine uh, po-op that actually gave me a free uh, NFT, a, a Time Magazine NFT, which I thought was really cool. And it's called the Time Magazine Cats, which of course I still have as well. And that same day, I heard about this idea of a raffle where this, over, this massively hyped project, all of, my, all of the friends that I had in the space were jumping in and putting their name into this raffle. And the name of the project was the Mechaverse. And 
those that don't know the background on that, it was this massively hype project. You had to get lucky. They, there's over 200,000 people in the Discord. Most of them were actually real people, unlike a lot of Discords today. But you, they were randomly drawing the people that were eligible for the 8,888 um, NFTs to buy. And it was a fairly you know, pricey mint price. Um, and I ended up being the only one. Like I, I was in a, a Twitter DM group with about 45 people. And uh, you know, my, my friend Jaffe, who I've mentioned on here, Jeremiah, lots of my buddies were in, in, that, um, in that group. And I was the only one of the entire group that won the, the raffle. And I remember like, this was a big, like my, now this was my biggest NFT purchase. And I ended up buying that NFT. And the art reveal was delayed. And the hype started to really build about the, around this project. And I remember, you know, I think I ended up paying, I don't remember exactly what I paid for the uh, NFT itself, but all of a sudden it, the floor price went to one ETH. Then it went to two ETH and then it went to three ETH. And the one morning I woke up and it was five ETH. Now I played poker and I'm a big like fan of like, kind of like managing expectations and defining success. And so this was before we get the art. Now, the thought process was if you get one of those super rare ones, you're going to be able to sell that for $100,000 or more. But even the ones that aren't super rare, you're probably going to be able to sell that one for a decent amount as well. And I got an offer the night before the reveal for 8.6 Ethereum. Now, when I bought this NFT, the thing that I committed to myself was, you know what, I'm going to hold it through the new year no matter what because it's going to be a learning experience for me. It's going to be worth more money than what I could sell it for. But I will tell you, 8.6 Ethereum, when I saw that offer in my OpenSea, I, I, I kept going back to it like, what could I buy with 8.6? But then I thought about it and said, okay, wait, Brian, when you jumped in on this raffle, what was the reason that you did it? Was because you wanted to be a part of this community, check out this massively hype project, learn things about the NFT space, and also have that chance of hitting a home run like that, that, like, uh, or a grand slam and hitting a, a, a very rare uh, version of the NFT. And I really like the art, right? So like, there's a lot of things going for me. Well, the, the price started to dip um, before the art reveal because they had some art reveal problems, which ended up being a trend for that whole month. Um, and then there was some drama about like who got what NFTs and they, uh, they admitted that they had you know, given some of the NFTs to their friends and family. Well, all of a sudden the price dropped about five ETH. The art reveals, and before I know it, the, the, the price was down to about three Ethereum at the time. And I remember right then, all, of, all the people in, in that, that around me were like, sell it, sell it, man, jump out of that now, take that profit. And at that moment, I was like, no, no, I'm not going to jump out of it now. Because if I didn't sell it at 8.6, because I wanted to hold on to it through the new year, and I wanted to learn the lessons and understand the community, and I believe in second chances, I'm going to hold on to this through the new year. I'm going to stick to my guns. Well, over the next like month or so, the price dropped and it dropped and it dropped below one ETH. And I believe it dropped as far down as like 0.48 Ethereum. <laughs> and the reason I tell you this story was because it was also like kind of that first experience I had of like questioning myself and then like looking at that NFT and being like, man, I missed out. Like, you know, I should have sold it when I did. But at the same time, I was active in their discord. I loved like learning about the founders and, you know, they were getting a lot of hate because not only because they hate everyone, every one of these NFT projects have issues. But if you think about it, if you put 20, 250,000 people into a discord and only 8,800 of them are able to actually mint the, uh, to get access to buy the NFT, you have about 200,000, 200, 240,000 people that are pissed off. 
And so like the tone of that discord was so negative for so long. And, and they did such a great job of kind of like rebuilding it. And they talking about all the things that they were going to roll out with the money that they made from the NFTs. And, and, you know, I actually still hold it to, uh, to this day. Uh, I actually listed it uh, just before we started recording this episode. Um, I listed the, the NFT right now. I believe I have it listed for 2.4 um, Ethereum, which could be easily looked at as a loss. But I say this because I've learned lots of things on this NFT journey over the last six months. And one of them is like managing my expectations is understanding why I'm getting in these different games, but also recognizing that it's very weird to take something that, you know, I paid, you know, $800 for. And if I sold it for the 2.4 Ethereum today, right, I would be making $4,800, right? So like my total profit would be about $4,000. Only in the NFT space could selling something for a $4,000 profit make you feel bad or make you feel guilty or make you feel a little distraught or disappointed. And so this journey has been wild. And if you would have told me when I got that first Blaze Cat that I would eventually start a daily podcast about NFTs, I would have told you you were crazy. If you would have told me I, would have, I, would have gonna, I was going to start a podcast about edging, educating people on Web3, I would have said, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably where I was leaning. If you would have told me that the, you know, the thing that's funding this project that you're buying an NFT every single day would be a creator coin, I would have said, I, I don't even understand that. Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. But not only has like the NFT landscape changed, the world has changed, but I have also changed. The amount of hours I've dedicated to learning and listening and, and jumping into Twitter spaces and sharing my thoughts and reading uh, articles and listening to other podcasts has allowed me to kind of double down on my, my understanding and knowledge. And then I started buying some NFTs for different strategies and different ways of approaching it. And, and then I will tell you the, the real critical time came around November 1st when I had decided, you know what, I'm going to go to NF, NFT NYC. I'm going to go to that event in New York City. And most of you know the story about you know, what happened after there. But I messaged uh, you know, the person I had just started working with, Drew, and said, hey, Drew, why don't, we, why don't we both go up to New York? We can learn more about NFTs together. And he's like, dude, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Now, context of that is October 1st, Drew and I kind of started working together, but we really didn't know each other. We had never met in person. Uh, and we were trying to figure out how this like partnership was going to work as, you know, as business and me using his media company and him kind of taking over some of the, the responsibilities of my speaker agent. And I, and I say all that because you know, the day before New York came, I was like, you know what, with COVID and it's over a weekend and I don't even know this guy, Drew. And I don't really know a lot of the people at the NFT space that, that you know, like, I, I know there's going to be people that I'm going to like there. You know what? I'm not, probably not going to go. But a good friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, kind of challenged me. And she's like, Brian, you are all in on these NFTs. You're talking about them. If you really believe that this possibly is what you think it is, you need to go to New York no matter what. And you could say it's all history from there. And I'm very glad that I've been there. But it's also just such a, a fun thing to think back on, right? Because six months ago, I, I got that high of my first NFT and then I bought my own NFT. And then I got a free NFT that I sold for a profit. Then I found like the project of my dreams and I missed out on the mint. So then I had to buy it on the secondary market. Oh yeah, somewhere in between there, I got rugged twice where I bought two NFTs that don't even exist because I, someone tweeted about them. And I just went to OpenSea and typed in their names and I went to the project and I bought one. 
And then I bought a second one because I was like, you know what? That's a deal. And then people on the Twitter were like, this project's going to moon. You're, this is an amazing project. So I went in and bought a third one. And it wasn't until then when someone's like, yeah, the floor price now is up to whatever it was that I looked at the floor price on this one and was like, oh, wait a second. This, this floor price isn't moving. When I realized it, was, it wasn't even the right project that I was in. So for me, not only has this been a journey and been uh, a heck of a ride, but it's also something that I, I share all of this because if you feel like you're too early or is this outside your depth, just know that it, it gets easier the more you commit to it. It's part of why I'm doing this podcast. If you've had any of those feelings where you don't understand the resale market, you're not alone. If you wanted to get in a project because you loved it and you got your stuff, your Ethereum ready, and then Coinbase put a hold on your transfer and you missed it, you're not alone. If you've bought a project and it ended up being not even a, a, a great project or the project ended up disappearing, you're not alone. This, is a, this space is always evolving. And I would argue that I don't, there's people that can get in this space right now and learn up to speed to where we're at today because there wasn't podcasts at the time. There was one podcast that, of the time that was dedicated to NFTs whenever I started. And it was not a very good podcast in my opinion. It, was, uh, it wasn't, they weren't doing a lot of educating. It was more just like kind of talking about the news. But now we have lots of different podcasts that are out there. And there's lots of people that are in Twitter spaces that are talking about NFTs. At the time, there was maybe one clubhouse room a night that was about NFTs. And so I say all of that and say like, you're in the right spot. If you're listening to this, to this podcast and this interests you and you understand that you want to dive in on the utility and, and all the different you know, components that exist there, you know, it's a fun space and it's a space that we can learn together. But it's also a space that you don't even know where it's going to take you. For me, the opportunities that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at events, I'm going to be going to ETH Denver uh, in a couple of weeks to you know, broadcast this podcast live there, work with another sponsor. The opportunities that NFTs are opening up for me, not just because of this podcast, but because that I've been committing myself to these NFT spaces and getting to know people that are in there has really been life-changing. And so when I look back, I had all of those NFTs I mentioned to you, right? I, I mentioned the Blaze Cats. I mentioned to you, uh, not the one I sold, of course, the Crypto Dads and the, the Secret Superlative Society. And I mentioned, you know, the, the Time Magazine one. I still own all of them. I have not sold any of them for a profit. And funny enough, I probably won't sell a lot of those. Because you know what? I've already got the ROI on those. The communities I've been open to, the lessons I've been able to learn. And in a way, they, they hold so much more value to me in my wallet, kind of like, allowing me to be a part of this journey and documenting what, I've, what I'm all about. And it's really allowed me to dive in at, to like who I am as a creator. And of course, you guys know that our sponsor for the podcast is the Creator Economy Expo, which is CEX. And this is a perfect time. It's happening May 2nd in Phoenix, Arizona. I told you that my world changed by going to New York and just immersing myself with this community and realizing how powerful it was and how diverse it was and how many different opportunities I had in front of me. And I will also say that also opened a door for other things that were possible that I had no idea 
were going to be at my disposal. And so, you know, if you have the opportunity to be in Phoenix, Arizona on May 2nd, the Creator Expo, definitely do that. I'll be there. You get to hang out. We'll get to be, uh, you know, meet each other. Um, and, you know, you can get your own ticket at mint.cex.events. Uh, and if you use NFT365, you get uh, that code. It'll give you a discount of $200. And remember, if you want to check out, you can mint one of their limited edition passes that actually gets you VIP access for forever. But the way I want to close out this episode is that the concept of like VIP access, the idea of finding your people, the idea of joining a group that could unlock an opportunity that could change your life is really what this six months has meant to me. Six months ago, I would have said, I don't have the capability. It's not, I'm neurodiverse. I could never do a daily podcast. I would have also said that I wouldn't be able to buy an NFT every day because I wouldn't know enough about the space or I wouldn't have the budget to do it or I wouldn't understand how to educate people on my creator coin. A lot of that self-talk could have easily prevented me from having the opportunity to talk to you each and every single day. It also could have prevented me from having the opportunity to change my business model, to open up new doors, to, to really explore opportunities that I believe are going to make me millions of dollars and open up opportunities for me to get on stages and, and remove the biases around mental health and ADHD in ways that I could only dream of. And so I share all of that because it's crazy to think it's only been six months. It feels like two years. But for all of those that are out there, you're not alone if you're new to the journey. You're not alone if you've been here for a while, but you haven't sold an NFT for a profit yet. And part of the beauty of this is we can learn together, we can grow together. And I truly do believe that it is about this rising tide lifts all ships. So thank you for coming on this journey with me, a little bit into like the, the journey that I've been on. You know, I now hold in my personal bag over 300 NFTs. Uh, we're buying an NFT every single day for this project. We now have 83 NFTs there. I've bought across, I think, 13 blockchains total. I have NFL NFTs. I have the Matrix NFTs. We have Ghostbusters. I have all of that. And six months ago, I was just sitting around with a blaze cat trying to figure out how I was going to defend spending this much money for some JPEG. I'm super glad that I did. And I'm super thankful for all of you coming along on this journey with us in the podcast. If you have the opportunity, you're loving this podcast, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're listening on Spotify, just scroll down and hit that five-star review and give us that five stars. We really appreciate it. Until tomorrow, my friends, this journey is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on it with me. Cheers. This show is not financial.